You're in a Fenestration Conversation, where Canada's window and door industry talks about the things that matter to our businesses. Now here's your host, Patrick Flannery. The 2020 National Building Code is out at last. The golf clap there. Uh, it's been a long wait, but uh, it is out now. And uh, I wanted to get uh, Gord Cook from Building Knowledge on to discuss uh, the changes uh, that have come with that, and uh, some of the uh, some of the things that uh, window and door manufacturers and suppliers like yourselves uh, may need to think about uh, as the uh, NBC is adopted by provinces uh, across the country. Uh, interesting point by Gordon this one uh, that apparently all the provinces have said they intend to adopt the NBC. Um, I, that's possibly not very uh, unusual, but uh, it does um, go to some harmonization that may be going on across the country in terms of the, the codes and standards. Um, there is uh, lots of talk here about uh, the uh, energy efficiency standards, the uh, tiered uh, code they're calling it, uh, which is kind of like the step code in, in, as they call it in BC. Um, also uh, some talk about uh, NAFs and air water infiltration. Um, some talk about uh, where this uh, may be going in the future. One of the things, of course, about this code is that it does give some indications of what uh, future tiers, future levels may look like, which, of course, is very useful to all of us. Uh, at any rate, Gord is uh, extremely knowledgeable. Uh, we had a, a good conversation about uh, what is in the 2020 NBC, and I uh, hope you find it useful and helpful. Thanks uh, for listening to Conversations, and here is Gord Cook from Building Knowledge. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I'm here with Gord Cook from Building Knowledge. Gord, how are you doing? I'm good, Pat. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. It's. Uh, I, I really thank you for joining me. Uh, I know on on short notice today, uh, but uh, the uh, the 2020 NBC is out. It's been out for a couple of months, but uh, we're not a breaking news organization here. Uh, I wanted to, uh, but I needed to give people the uh, the FYI on. Uh, Oh, the important uh, changes and and things that are in it, and I think that I think that the energy provisions are are really going to be the the top of mind uh, for for most of our uh, our window and door manufacturers. Um, Gord, why don't you start out a little bit just by uh, introducing yourself and Building Knowledge and what you guys are all about? Sure, uh, Building Knowledge Canada is a group of a team of us, about twenty five of us, who help builders. We would say build better houses. Uh, you know, we we just love building science. Uh, we, we like helping builders figure out, you know, where they're where they're at now and where they'd like to be sort of three, five, seven, ten years from now. That is, we, we take builders through a path to continue improvement on the on the side of building science, air, heat, moisture flow. A lot of our work is energy, energy work, meeting requirements of programs like Energy Star, Lead for Homes, Passive Hosts, now the Net Zero Ready, Net Zero Energy, Net Zero Energy Ready program by CHBA. And um, so we just help builders optimize their performance, find ways to build more efficient houses ever more cost effectively. Yeah. And you guys just had a tremendous conference that uh, that I was at uh, your spring training camp. Uh, a good time was had by all. And uh, there was just a, a ton of super valuable information there that uh you know, had I taken better notes, I would have uh, been able to uh, uh, deliver all this information myself. But I thought, ah, it's easier to just get Gord on and, uh, and and go over it all again verbally on a podcast. So, 
<laughs> well, it's, a, it's interesting. We call it spring training camp. It was loosely based on uh, Joe Stieberg's summer camp that he hosts in uh, in Boston each year. And our my good friend uh, Tex McLeod a bunch of years ago said we should do something similar in Canada. And, and the concept is very much it's for builders. We in fact we don't open it up for normal registration until we've given builders a kind of a three week advantage to to sign up. We hold it each year. You know, 150 people or so, more than half are builders. And it's, it's you know, we don't really have sponsors. Well, Enbridge Gas is kind enough to buy us lunch. But other than that, we, we just try really hard to make it a conversation for builders, challenges they're having, well, mainly, again, around the roles of building science. But we're always pleased to have folks like John Straub and from RDH Labs uh, and so on to give us good technical conversations about um, things that are of challenging to of challenge to builders to build higher performance houses. Uh, it, was, it, was, it, it, it was a big success and very useful. Um, so let's uh, let's let's get into the, the, the 2020 NBC, I guess. Uh, and uh, I guess, well, I get probably the conversation is going to be more about the NEBC, uh, the uh, National Energy Building Code. Um, just um, I think the big thing that's that's going to be top of mind for everybody is is it's been telegraphed for a while. But, uh, you know, now we've seen where it's finally landed. Uh, they have brought in a, uh, I would say, a BC style with with differences, uh, step code for the for the entire country, uh, for uh, for for energy efficiency in in in, in building your your whole building, uh, and we'll focus in on I guess the implications for for windows to the extent we can. Just I guess describe in broad strokes, Gord, what 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 the step code is and uh, and and how it's uh, maybe how it's different from from how we've been doing energy efficiency rules in the past. Yeah, and thanks for that. NBC actually calls it the tiered performance path of right. 936. Yeah. So, so what's critical to understand is, or at least I think is helpful to understand, is it's it's kind of cool both for manufacturers and for builders to have a sense of where things are headed. Ontario did it in in one way in 2006. The 2006 code alluded to changes that were coming in 2012. The 2012 code alluded to changes that were coming in the 2015. And that really helped, I would say, both manufacturers and builders go, oh, so it's not a question of if I'm going to be doing this. It's a question of when that that really helps builders and their and their supply base figure out where things are happening. You can imagine builders, well, large builders may have land that's uh, not projected to be built on for 10 to 12, maybe 15 years, and yet they're designing product for it. And for them to have a sense of where codes are going is pretty interesting. And really what the National Building Code did is to, uh, is to essentially uh, publish that and and they've set up these five tiers and they've left it up to the provinces as as you know it's a model national code that is the provinces still have to decide whether they're going to adopt and 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 at what time they're going to adopt it uh, but in this case they laid out five different tiers of energy performance and provinces can come in at a specific tier and then uh, decide on the and the mandate as to when they want to change that. So uh, that's an interesting concept. And as I say, I think it's really helpful. We saw things move much more quickly in the energy world once Ontario first started and BC's, uh, as you say, has had a step code now for three or four years at least. And now it's ingrained in national. One of the most interesting parts, of course, is that all provinces have now uh, 
said that they will adopt the National Building Code 2020 two years after, no, no more than two years after it, it uh, was published. And so because it was published there in March, which means in 2022, which means all provinces, provinces that used to have their own code, like Ontario, like BC, will now be adopting the National Building Code as of, at least in theory, 2024, uh, of uh, April of 2020, or sorry, March of April 2024. And there's lots of changes in the code. You can imagine the angst of builders and others in Ontario going, wait, wait a minute, what, what does that mean now? Uh, for example, the energy section, as you mentioned, is the single biggest change. Uh, uh, let's, let's say the volume of changes, a whole new section of the code, 936, uh, which didn't appear in the Ontario Building Code. And so now there's this new section called energy efficiency. Ontario, we did it in what was called part 12 of the code and a supplementary standard to that, supplementary standard SB12, which handled uh, energy. And now it's going to be in a new section called 936. So if someone was building to SB12 before in Ontario, what are they gonna have to change now? Yeah, and that's a really nice question, a, a way to put it, and a couple of things to keep in mind. SB 12 um, had two paths. It had a prescriptive path. Here, follow these tables, and you had a choice of six or eight tables, or depending on which climate zone you're in, and you chose one of those tables uh, and the specifications for that, and or you did what was called a prescriptive path, and prescriptive path included some sort of energy modeling, typical software, Hot 2000 software, government-approved software, and you would show that your proposed house was no worse than what was called the reference house. Uh, there was within that performance path, there was um, some, I'll call it almost prescriptive methods to even performance. It said if you followed, say, for example, the Energy Star program or the Passivos program or the R2000 program, you would gain all automatic qualification. So you had a prescriptive or you had a performance. The National Building Code, the new 936, is the same. It has prescriptive and performance paths. So prescriptively, it gives you a series of tables that you have to follow uh, depending on the tier that you're working towards. You have a, a, a prescriptive list of, of uh, minimums, and then you're given a points-based system where you have to accumulate a, a specific number of points in order to meet any specific uh, tier. The uh, tier one, you don't have to achieve any points. So you, whatever the prescriptive tables say you have to do, if you're at tier one as a province or as a, as a municipality, you would simply do the items on that prescriptive list. And there are some trade-offs within that, but for the most part, you would follow a minimum prescriptive list. You get to tier two and you have to accumulate 10 points. And you go, well, what does a point mean? Well, for example, if you made your house more airtight, you would achieve some extra points. If you put in a more efficient HRV, a minimum HRV efficiency in a national building code is 55%. But if you went to um, a 60% or 65% efficient HRV or ERV, then you might get a couple of points out of that 10. So you have to accumulate by making changes, better windows, better HRVs, better walls, uh, better air tightness, you have to accumulate 10 points. So that's the prescriptive path of interest on the prescriptive path. Sorry for the long conversation. No. They've only gotten to tier two on the prescriptive path. So they haven't yet published how many points you would need 
to get to tier three, tier four. That's sort of a work in progress. And you can imagine both builders and manufacturers going, wait, wait a minute, if you want me to do this stuff, you're gonna have to tell me how to do it. In which case we would say, well, the performance path of the National Building Code says pretty much build whatever you want. Oh, there's still some minimums. You can't have put no insulation in a building, but the, you, you are given a performance target. You're given a reference house, a reference modeling. So they specify in section 936.5 all of the performance measures and you model the house using an approved software and then you would have to show that your proposed house in tier one met that requirement in tier two is 10 percent better tier three 20 percent better and what gets interesting is when you get to tier four at 40 percent better and tier five at 50 percent sorry 70 percent better so a house built to tier five uses 70 percent improves energy performance by 70 percent over a standard 2015 National Building Code House. So pretty powerful and uh, obviously it depends on the provinces and how quickly they're going to adopt these various tiers. Right. So so should Ontario, uh, for instance, I, I, we'll touch on the other, uh, maybe the other areas a bit, but, but sh should Ontario adopt um, the NBC what do you have a sense of what tier we would be at? Like, like, is there a, it, do we, do we, do we know like where the existing uh, uh, levels would, would coordinate with the, with the tiers that they're bringing in? Yes. And, and you say um, if Ontario, and I would say when Ontario. When, yeah, right. I think it's a fair statement. Yeah. The current Ontario building code is, is roughly a tier two. It's, it's actually a little higher than tier two would be okay. considered. You know, the tier two is 10% better and Ontario building code is, than the reference house. And Ontario building code is more like 12 to 15%. And the notional thought, I can't speak for Ministry of Housing in Ontario, but the notional thought is they would start at tier three, which is 20% better than a standard uh, tier one of the national building code, but only a few percentage points better than what Ontario is currently building. So you'd have to improve energy performance ever so slightly um, two years from now. On the point system that you mentioned, um, and this might be a difficult question, but but I mean, it, it, can you give any sense of, of, of what the contribution of your of your windows uh, uh, could and doors could could possibly be? To, 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 to the points, like, like I mean, is, is this something you're going to achieve just by upgrading windows and doors or, 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 is, or, or is that only going to get you a point or two or I'm not really clear how it works? Sure. So if we said climate zone five, so, you know, much of, uh, uh, and six, well, we'll do climate zone five, which is, you know, Southern Ontario kind of deal. Hopefully you don't mind being centric to that. Yeah. The, the, um, uh, if you go from uh, one point, well, if you go to 1.44 U value on, on your windows, 1.44 U value, that would get you 3.6 points. So ah. if you're trying to achieve tier two and you simply went to 1.44, that would be 3.6 out of the 10 uh, available points. If you went to 1.22 or lower, you'd be at seven points. You go, oh, so windows, 
Yeah, very significant. Yeah. That's in climate zone five. In, in climate zone six, that would only get you 4.6. So you have a bunch of things going on here. What climate zone are you in? What U value are you using? Uh, how many points do you need to accumulate? What do I get? But there's no doubt, and I presented this at uh, Windor at the uh, conference, that triple glaze windows become a huge, uh, a, a very nice thing. Uh, I'll say huge for decision for builders because it's literally one phone call, right? You start thinking about changing your wall, for example, um, if you wanted to put insulated sheeting on the wall. Boy, that's got to change my design of the house uh, because it's a thicker wall. I might have to change my foundation. Got to talk to my framer. Got to think about fastening of cladding systems and so on and so on. And and you would say, and but uh, one phone call to a window manufacturer to say, hey, I need triples. Somebody's going to say, well, a little extra weight. Okay, so maybe a little more difficult in terms of install, but uh, really nice point space. And, and what you find is, at the lower tiers for sure you know to get to tier two tier three tier four you can you can do a lot with windows and air tightness for example windows air tightness and say a better hrv or erv you can make up most of your points so this is going to be the opportunity for window manufacturers to start comparing their coatings uh, their offerings to the various points base to to builders across the country now, I think what we're talking about when we talk about that point system is the performance path, right? On the, on that was, the, on, a, that on was the, actually the prescriptive path. That's prescriptive path, sorry. Right. On the performance path, it, it's not on a point system like that? Right. You just have to meet that 20% in tier three. 20 right. However you do it. Yeah. However you do it. And the, what what should be of interest, the point system was all developed using HOT 2000. So the points... The points in in the um, in in the point system all are derived from energy modeling that was done in Hot 2000. The prescriptive system is by definition more conservative because you have more things to think about. The performance path is more definitive, and frankly, we would point all builders, all manufacturers towards performance path. We we're pretty convinced as energy modelers that you can be more cost effective by going to performance path. And it may seem more complicated, but actually it ends up much simpler. In the same way, the minute you have your house designed, or in fact, it might be an integrated design process, you work with the, we would work as an energy model, work with the, with the architect, design staff, and we would fine tune and optimize the selections. Okay, I don't wanna change my wall. Okay, here's other things you can do that, and to look at, better window performance and you can go to finer degradation so you you know in terms of getting to tier to getting to those 3.6 points you had to be at 1.44 u value but what if you had a window at 1.5 well you can't use that in prescriptive point system but you could use it in performance path you could model those windows at 1.5 u value and say to the builder hey i i can shade you some extra performance out of here what's also useful for window manufacturers specifically to understand is that it's you have to meet this overall energy performance. I'm going to use tier three again of 20%, but you also have to, the builder also has to show an envelope performance of 10% of greater than 10%. So the implication here is you can't just build the same old house and put in a ground source heat pump and throw in some solar panels. You have to show always that your envelope is improving. So at tier three, it's a 10% 
improvement in the enclosure. At tier five, it's a 50% improvement in envelope performance. And you can start to imagine at tier five, you're doing this, you have to be at triple. It's just almost impossible yeah. to not be using triple glaze to get that overall energy performance, uh, envelope performance. So triples, it's not a question of if, in my opinion, it's a question of when and and all manufacturers or let's call it better u values lower u values if you can find other ways of doing it but um we would say from a building science perspective we really like the triples because of condensation resistance so on and so on yeah and the noise control exactly another, I've, I've heard i've heard a lot of people comment on the great you know how much quieter and nicer it is with triples in on uh on the noise side um so the um the uh that's good the 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 prescriptive path then is is not really like the, there's really no answer to the question um what's the minimum standard of window that you have to build right like that 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 is not really that that is not really answered on on really either side of it um i, I suppose that because there's there's sort of flexibility either way or like as you say it's a percentage improvement not necessarily uh, uh, establishing some baseline for what the what the minimum thing is that you can do, right? That's right. Although there is, of course, in in tier one, it's it's setting down the prescriptive as to uh, minimums, and I, I'm going to say it's it, you know 1.6 U value is ends okay. up kind of your low bar, if you will. Mm, yeah. Now on the the point on the uh, building envelope side, does that mean then, Gord, we have to consider installation? Uh, as 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 well as the as well as the window build itself, because if 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 there's a if there's a requirement there that there's a ten percent increase in the uh, in, in the wall performance, right, with that product in it, if I'm understanding this correctly, um, and 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 the twenty percent just attaches to the product itself, and then there's this also this requirement for the whole for the performance of the whole wall. Um, that suggests to me that you have to uh, you're also saying this thing has to be installed right and be tight. Well, certainly tight. Um, this is the envelope performance. You have a couple of ways of achieving that envelope performance. It's it's done at design. So um, I'll use a thicker wall or an insulated sheathing or a double wall. Show by energy modeling, it's lower. If you want to take credit for better insulation, installation and air tightness, then you have to do a blower door test. And there are great points available uh, for, for better levels of air tightness. So proper installation of windows and therefore better air tightness is is really very powerful for example in the even in the prescriptive mode uh, simply by getting to what's called level 4 air tightness which is uh, let me just go back to that i think it's uh, either one or one and a half air change per hour kind of r2000 net zero levels you can get 7 to 10 points depending on your climate zone just in air tightness alone so we would say from a building science perspective to a builder improve your air tightness that's a really good thing for you to do which means you're going to want better windows and better installation of those windows but do the blower door test from a science perspective that should be your first decision if you're trying to stay out of trouble as a as a builder in terms of building science issues you want to make houses tighter before you start adding insulation as an example 
but you make houses tighter and moisture levels tends to tend to rise in the house, so you want better condensation resistance on your windows. So windows and air tightness are a really good match. One, you need to install windows well to get good air tightness, and you'd like to have better windows, better U-values, lower uh, or better condensation resistance when you build tighter houses because you're gonna have higher indoor relative humidity. You start to see the interaction of the science here. It's like making good decisions. On that on that side, uh, are there actual changes in this uh, in this standard or this, these codes from from NAFs, or is it is it basically just importing the, uh, the the information that we are already using in NAFs? Yeah, important point. It definitely references NAFs, so yeah. you know, the, the, you're good there. That that's good for the industry to know that they've standardized. No significant changes there. Okay. Okay. Um, is the short answer also, Gord, that if, if you're building to a, let's say, an Energy Star most efficient standard uh, or a passive house standard uh, on your windows, which I, I believe you can do on windows as well, um, um, are you pretty much job done? Uh, you, yeah, you're, you, really you're going to hit the standards. Yeah. Absolutely. That at least for the time being, with the window folks in this call will know better than I that there are you know, Entercan's entertaining uh, changes to uh, window standards. But at the moment, yes, you would say if I'm at Energy Star most efficient, you have a really good offering to to give to builders to say I got some simple choices for you. And so uh, I'll say again, if you're a window supplier and uh, window manufacturer, many already have, uh, insulation manufacturers have, they're promoting to their builder clients and their supply network, we really should involve an energy advisor, um, you know, encourage your builder to use an energy advisor so you can take best advances, advantages, I would say, of the nuances to help builders optimize their cost base and their science base of how they build houses. The prescriptive, again, is, is I would say to you is, by definition, is uh, ultra conservative, limited choices, whereas if you move people towards performance path, you're in much better shape. And of course, that's uh, it's a little bit self-serving on our part, but I think we've been able to demonstrate us and other energy advisors across the country that we can do this really smoothly, really cost-effectively, seamlessly for builders to say, just run your models, run your houses through an energy model and tweak your specs with respect to various manufacturers based on what you find out of the energy model. All the large builders will be doing performance path and window manufacturers should be ready. I, I'm going to say it this way, should be ready and have the information available so energy modelers have easy access to your specs. It's frankly one of the most important things you could do is just to uh, just publish the information that you've got in a format that matches nicely with, with what HOT 2000 needs, which is that those the, the U-values, solar heat gain coefficients, and so on for your various types and styles of and models of windows. Yeah, that was Jeff Baker's big point, wasn't it? At the at the thing was was that uh, you know there, there, there's some things you can do in HOT 2000, but no one can get the information out of the manufacturers. So yeah, it's <laughs> remarkably <laughs> time-consuming for us as energy modelers to track down windows. And you know, we on the insulation side, for example, as energy models, we have every major insulation manufacturer has provided us with you know, samples. We don't necessarily need samples of windows, but samples and more importantly, technical information as to here's our here's our listed products, here's their performance characteristics, and they make it really easy for us to enter. And when you think about, of course, there's limited
limited number of insulation manufacturers, so many window manufacturers, it's so difficult for us to track them down. And I will say, I'll be a little bit critical of the industry. I'll phone, we'll phone well-meaning window salespeople, and they're still not able to provide the information, certainly not in the format we need. And to some extent, they're talking, trying to talk us out of using higher performance windows. I'd, I'd really encourage from this day forward, window manufacturers to, to help their sales folks understand. It's not a question of if, it's a question of when builders are going to want these higher performance windows. And it really helps simplify the lives of builders to go to higher performance windows both in terms of meeting those code requirements, and then I would say the consequences of high-performance houses, the expectations of homeowners. I'll say again that condensation resistance and overheating concerns because manufacturers, window manufacturers that have been relying on high-gain, high-solar-gain windows need to recognize there's there's a bit of a reckoning coming where the, the energy modeling is assuming a low solar gain and you also have to meet a, um, a, a cooling load uh, maximum, if you will, so that lower solar gain windows are going to be encouraged in the building code, uh, in the National Building Code decision matrix, if you will. That's funny. You just anticipated the next thing I had written down here was oh, was, it, was it? No, that's fine. That's that that that's fine. Was was the solar gain thing, and then just you know just reinforcing that, folks. Uh, air conditioning is just as big a concern as heating uh, for uh, for for a lot of the the building modeling now, especially in the warmer parts of the country, uh, and uh, and and on those performance paths, especially, um, you know, th th that's that's going to be a consideration. So if you've got high solar heat gain that's causing the air conditioner to blast uh, all summer long uh, on a, on a south facing window or something, um, um, you, you're 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 going to be in trouble. So so you sort of I guess what's the advice scored there to the manufacturers? I mean, I guess have options, right? Have 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 things with uh, have things with higher solar heat gain, less solar heat gain. Have your sales staff understand the difference and uh, and and maybe where those need to go in the building uh, uh, to to achieve the uh, the results that you want. Exactly. So so that has been our challenge is trying to find, for example, there's builders who want to do energy star houses, but they're building in areas where they've west facing exposure. One builder famously. Uh, you know he's he's on a lake. Uh, that's the that's the the name of the subdivision. You know the lake lake uh, market. So everybody wants to face the lake. Well, the bounce off that lake, the sun off that lake, has just caused him no end of uh, overcooling comfort complaints. So there's actually two angles to this. There's the peak load requirements from a societal standpoint. The peak load requirements of air conditioners, hottest day of July, where all the utilities are struggling mm. to meet demand. So from a peak load management, you can imagine the the authorities having jurisdiction are going to say, I, I don't want high solar gain. So they're setting these, they're sort of normalizing at 0.26, which is relatively low solar gain from a Canadian context. Most Window manufacturers know in the U.S. very common to be 0.25 or lower in many climate zones. But for us to normalize, not to say you have to use 0.26 or lower, it's saying it's normalizing the energy modeling at 0.26. And if you're over that, then you're going to have to make some other accounting to minimize the a maximum load of air conditioning. So that's at the utility level, I'll say, societal level. But then from a builder perspective, the comfort complaints that we're getting, the overheating, the, the houses are so efficient the walls are so good my own 
a house is a, a cottage, it's a great example, it's a net zero house, doesn't take long for just a little bit of sunshine to overheat that house because the walls are R45 in thickness. So you're going to say, boy, I, I don't need much to overheat. So I had to take very uh, uh, great care for overhangs. So I, I have kind of the perfect overhang. 24 inches, 25 inches, actually, if you count the east trough. And that gives me, in, in my latitude, pretty much perfect summer uh, solar shading. But that's not easy to do for a production builder, two-story houses. This happens to be a single-story house. And so, you know, the, the, the overhangs protect the, all the lower walls. But builders, two-story houses, modern designs with no overhangs, and, and avoid that solar gain is, is really difficult. So it has a cost implication to builders on two fronts. One, bigger air conditioners, which means bigger ductwork uh, in a house at design phase. So there's a design cost. And then there's the service cost of overheating complaints. And third, the energy bills for homeowners. Although we know we don't pay a lot for cooling bills in, in Canada. We don't, we're not cooling for that long. But still, there's three cost bases for uh, at the house level that the decisions window manufacturers make or the offerings they make available have some really nice implications for builders. And the thing you don't want to do is put reflective shades on this on the on, on the back of the window. I think that was your presentation at Window, wasn't it? Where they actually melted the vinyl on yeah. the on the <laughs> It, it wasn't, uh, I wasn't one presenting that, but yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> Remember that one? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> the, the the heat the heat builds up between the between the blinds and the and the window with, with too much uh, too much gain and uh, and and pretty soon it just goes back. Oh yeah, and there was a neat there was a neat scientific reason for that 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 the the, the UV comes in at one wavelength but it bounces back at another wavelength that can't get out of the window. That's right. Uh, so you yeah. basically have a microwave going on in there. Exactly. The classic yeah. greenhouse effect, but right in your window. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Anyways, that, that would be that would be the extreme example. OK, so basically the PSA here is uh, is uh, have some options for solar heat gain uh, uh, ready to go. Be ready for uh, lower levels of solar heat gain uh, uh, in your uh, in your designs, uh, because that's that's going to become more important. Um, call Gord Cook to find out what format he wants your uh, window performance data in, uh, because uh, uh, it would be very useful and helpful to everybody to have that uh, out there available. Um, and uh, and I, I guess uh, I, I guess be ready, be doing triples if you're not, uh, and 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 be ready for triples uh, because that's um, that's that's coming, and you might you might as well just you know, have all those options in your, in your catalog. Um, what else, Gord? Uh, what, 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 what do people need to think about? Uh, what, what, what do our window dealers and manufacturers should, should they be thinking about with the, what's happening and what's coming with NBC? Right. I, I would say, you know, depending on the size of the window manufacturer, whether local or regional, uh, there is an organization called Casey Canadian Association of Consulting Energy Advisors. Mm. And there's about 160 members who are doing the bulk of the new housing work that that association does mostly new housing work. Um, and so you could be active or at least uh, look for members of that association in your local area. If you're a window manufacturer servicing, say, a, a small region, then you would say, who are the energy advisors in my area? I should meet with them. I should have them understand, here's my ratings. If you need any more information, here you go. And to be open to what we would call the integra integrated design process, that is, 
make sure that you're part of those team meetings where window manufacturer, insulation manufacturer, mechanical manufacturers are meeting with builders to say, hey, let's all work together to optimize for this. There's no, nothing worse than a builder wanting to optimize on air conditioning only to find that the local window guy isn't on side and shipped the wrong solar gain and, and a best of intentions gone amok. So be ready to be integrated into the design and be open to this idea of performance path to encourage builders, yourselves and builders and your suppliers to get involved to, uh, to, to really understand the energy modeling of, of what the implications might be of, of your windows. Yeah, the energy advisors had a nice presence at your event. Uh, uh, I bumped into Cindy uh, uh, Garrow, who uh, who uh, is now the executive director of uh, of Casey and uh, and uh, was at Fenestration Canada in the past, um, and uh, and so that was that was cool to see her. Um, and um, you know, obviously with the with the grant program that's out there, that Greener Homes grant, you're required to get these energy audits. Uh, in order to uh, in order for the homeowner to to take advantage of the of the rebates, and um, the, the 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 energy advisor community is working very hard to train up enough people uh, to uh, to have everybody out there. Uh, but uh, you know the drum I've been kind of banging is uh, is why not have somebody in house? Uh, you know you you can you can have you can have a person on staff that can do this. There's no conflict, and um, and, uh, and 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 go. Do you think that's a good idea, Gord? I, I absolutely think it's a good idea. Either I, I say to builders, either have a building scientist on staff or have access to one. In this case, manufacturers should either have access to an energy advisor and say, hey, can you do this work for us? Or have somebody on staff who understands the software and takes the training so that they can help uh, make those decisions. Absolutely. Yeah. And then, you, and then you've got it, you've got it all in house and you're, you're, you're not relying on a third party to get your audit done. And, uh, and, and, and away you go with the, with the rebates. Um, well, Gord, we've, we've covered a lot of ground here. Um, uh, I think, uh, I think we've got some, uh, some good meat and potatoes for our, for our window and door people. Um, I do encourage everyone to, uh, to reach out to building knowledge. If you, uh, if you have more questions or, or want help with, uh, with what you should be doing, Gord, where do people uh, get a hold of you? Uh, buildingknowledge.ca. We have some really great, I would say some good, uh, uh, technical information, uh, some uh, videos, clips, mm -hmm. and animations. So uh, buildingknowledge.ca, and you can contact me there, Gord, at uh, Gord C at buildingknowledge.ca. And, and if I could summarize, Pat, I'd just encourage the, the industry. You know, I'm looking at, I'm looking at the, the, the uh, Tier 5, you know, that we're supposed to be there notionally by 2030, 2035. So in the next 12 to 15 years, the industry is supposed to be at, 70% overall energy performance improvement in new houses and a 50% improvement in the enclosure itself. And when you look at that, builders say, well, what does that mean? There's really five pieces of this. One of them's already done. You've done your attics. You're at R60 to R70. That's about as far as you need to go in the attics. Two, you need to create a thicker wall. That is, you need to get to you know, roughly nominally an R30 wall, two by six with two inches of foam on the outside is sort of the typical quintessential wall and that takes a lot of phone calls and a lot of design changes so it's attics and then it's walls and and then it's windows and you're going to be at triples or the equivalent of triples somewhere along the line so in the next 10 12 years these are manufacturers on this call got to be ready for that four is a basement wall 
basement and basement slab, getting to mm -hmm. roughly, again, nominal R30 in the basement wall and R10 underneath the basement slab. And lastly is air tightness. And again, your your uh, folks on this call have, an, a, have a, a, a part to play in the air tightness, making sure that we've got windows that are airtight and um, higher levels of air tightness, and then the installs, higher levels of air tightness. So there's the five elements, and the folks on this call are involved with two of those. And the sooner we all realize it's not a question of if, it's a question of when, let's just, because the easy decisions are air tightness and windows. Let's get those done right away while they try to sort out how to do the walls in the basement. Those, those are trickier to do. So let's get them going on this one sooner rather than later. It's going to be a it's going to be a 0.08 u value ultimately, right? Yep. Is, yep. is 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 where it's got to get to, and uh, and and that and that's an interesting point about the thicker walls. Perk your ears up uh, because the thicker walls mean thicker windows. Yep. And uh, which you're going to need anyways. With, well, maybe you could usually build a triple in close to the same frame, but but it, it you know that that's a, that's going to be a thing. So you're going to have to think about how to get your window installed into a, into potentially thicker walls. So a good point, right? Start looking at the trim details. How can, because builders immediately ask us, how do I attach in mm -hmm. the foam? So help with those details. How do I flash or, you know, am I flashing to the, to the foam, to the OSB? If I'm doing a, 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 a two by six wall with a couple of inches of insulated sheathing, doesn't have to be foam necessarily, but how am I going to flash the windows? How am I going to finish them out? Those are all things that builders are right now rubbing their hands, looking for suppliers to stand up and say, yeah, I got you covered. What, what wall thickness are you working to? I've got a solution for you. Good stuff. Gord, thank you very much. Gord Cook, CEO of Building Knowledge. Uh, great talk. Thanks very much, Pat. Fenestration Conversation is a presentation of Fenestration Review Magazine and Annex Business Media. Music.